Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, June 5th, 2021. Have you ever killed a giant? Have you gone down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion? Or have you ever fought so hard in battle that you could not at that point remove your hand from your sword? I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that the answer to all three of those questions is no. But these are some of the feats that we read as we consider David and his mighty men. And so if we go to 2 Samuel 22 through 24, we read the end of the the story of 2 Samuel. We reach the end of the book and 1 Kings will really quickly transition from David to Solomon. So we see here the end uh, of the story really of David. And in chapter 23, it records a lot of history about his mighty men. And we know that David did some incredible things. I mean, very famously, he killed Goliath. But we read in this passage at the end of 23 about some of the incredible feats that some of his compatriots did and some of the incredible victories that they won in battle or accomplishments like killing 800 enemies in one battle, right? Incredible, you know, wartime physical feats that they had accomplished. But the question I want to ask today is how do you become a spiritually mighty man? We read about some of these physical things that they have done, but how can we be spiritually mighty? And we're going to see some of that from King David as well as we look at 2 Samuel 22. We know, because we've read now, David was a man that knew a lot of conflict and even physical uh, military style combat. We first see him really with the story of David and Goliath. And then we know that he was chased by Saul. And then as king, he fought many battles against enemies from the outside or even um, against rebels from within. There were many times where he was in danger uh, due to politics or military or all of these different things. But we see through all of it, spiritually, he stayed strong as well as physically. And we see How can we attain that? Well, that's where we want to look at chapter 22, where it records this song, this song of deliverance from the hand of all his enemies. And we've seen that deliverance time and time again. And so I want us to consider this psalm, as well as one other passage from the New Testament today, as we consider uh, how to become spiritually mighty men and women. And if the text of first Sam- or Second Samuel chapter 22 sounds familiar, well, that's because you've heard it before. These are also the words of Psalm 18. But let me show how it starts here. It says in verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. What we're going to see right there from the start is to be a spiritually mighty person is not going to be something that comes from within 
you. And we're going to see here uh, the the source of David's spiritual might. And even we're going to see the, the source of his physical might that came from his spiritual confidence in God. He knew he, he was strong because he knew he was trusting in something that was perfectly strong. God. God is a rock, a fortress, and a deliverer. And then he, in very graphic and poetic terms, uh, describes God coming to his deliverance, right? The earth reeling and rocking and smoke going up from the the Lord's nostrils and him bowing the heavens and coming down and riding on a cherub and flying, right? To deliver David, to draw him out of many waters, right? He, He knows that there is a strong God that is able to deliver him. And it's that God that gives him confidence. And David speaks of some of the things that we want to see in our own hearts as we trust in God, right? He talks about having basically a clean conscience of the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness and according to the cleanness of my hands, that he is seeking to follow the ways of the Lord. And also that God responds this way to those that are merciful or blameless and humble. But as a result of all that, he gets incredible confidence. Look at what it says in verse 29. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. Are you wanting to be a spiritually mighty person? Then you need to look to the ultimate mighty one, God, the rock. And there is no rock but him. And I think we'll also see how that spiritual might does lend itself even to a degree of physical might. That many times you will face challenges in your life that even uh, seem to challenge you physically. And it will be this confidence in God that will even give you strength to endure those situations. And as we think about this spiritual might, I want us to think of another example. And that's going to come from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, again, is talking about the resurrection. Or, or now, yesterday we talked about it talking about the gospel. And now it goes very seriously and in-depth into the resurrection. And it appears that some people were challenging the idea of the resurrection. And Paul makes it clear, no, the idea of the resurrection is crucial. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then this is all a sham. We're all wasting our time. And even he says in verse 19, if in Christ we hope in this life only, we are, of all people, most to be pitied. Wow, right? That's a pretty strong uh, statement there. That if the resurrection didn't happen, and if there's no life beyond this one, Christians shouldn't say, oh, you know, I've lived a nice life. No, we should be pitied. But that's what motivates Paul to do some spiritually mighty and even physically mighty things. It says in verse 30, basically, if the dead are not raised, why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. 
And so he talks about fighting beasts at Ephesus. And we're unsure of what exactly he means by that. Is that talking in a spiritual sense or is it talking literal? And literal is not out of the realm of possibility here. As we know, many early Christians through um, the Colosseum or, or different things like that were put in situations where they did battle against beasts in kind of gladiatorial contests or, or as a punishment, right? That, that the beasts were set free to uh, kill the Christians, And so we're not sure what exactly he means by that, but we see where did Paul get this confidence to do the things that he did? He got it really from trusting in God and ultimately even the resurrection. Paul knew this life is not all that there is. And it was the thought of the next life and a future resurrection that gave him uh, spiritual strength that I think even translated into uh, physical strength to do some of the things that he did and to withstand some of the things that he withstood. So do you want to be a spiritually mighty person? Well, then you need to look to God, the, the fortress, the rock, the refuge. Uh, but you also need to consider the resurrection and remember that this life is not all that there is. Well, very quickly now, we'll look at the Psalm 69 as we read verses 22 through 28 today. And as we do that, we see here him really praying for the destruction of his enemies. And so one brief comment I want to make on this is remember the context. It is zeal for the Lord's house that is motivating these prayers. So these are not prayers that we should just be praying towards our personal enemies that we don't get along with. But but these are prayers that David is praying ultimately against those who are not just opposed to him, but those that are opposed to the Lord. And then as we consider Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 31, we read ultimately about the second coming of Christ. And the comment I want to make on this today is that we know that when Christ returns, that's when he will ultimately deal with all of these problems. And that's another thought that should give us um, spiritual strength that should even lead to physical strength. That just like Paul knew as he looked at the resurrection Uh, that there was life beyond this one. So it was worth risking his life because really he was risking nothing because he knew what was coming. Well, even as we think about people talking about being on the right side of history, well, Jesus Christ is going to come back. And that's the moment you're really going to want to be on the right side of history. And if we follow him and honor him, we can know that we will be. And I hope those are other thoughts that will help make us spiritually mighty men and women. And even just so you think about spiritually mighty men, I want you to take a minute, if you're listening to this on Saturday, June the 5th, to pray for the men's retreat at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. We should all be up the mountain today in Donnelly, Idaho, talking about the theme of brothers in arms. And whether you're listening to this today, or even if you're listening to it a few days down the road, take some time to pray for this retreat, that God would use it. And even if you're praying later, that God would still be bearing fruit as a result of this retreat. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.